All right, I know it's 2022 and we don't talk about pitching wins anymore, do we, Kevin Barker? It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter to you, but I'm sure if you I'm sure if you ask Alec Manoa, it would matter to him. Uh, folks, we're uh, we're seeing the stuff of history with Alec Manoa. Um, I'm sure Ben and uh, Caleb have have run through all of the the records or the standards Alec Manoa set tonight. Here's one courtesy of the Jays media department, Kevin Barker. Since 1901, uh, that was back when I was about three years old. Since 1901, only Whitey Ford, Vita Blue, Vic Rashi, Johnny Beasley, Freddie Shupp, and your favorite, King Cole, have won as many games in their first 20 decisions as Alec Manoa has done. Think about that. Alec Manoa's won 17 in his first 20 career decisions. Vita Blue holds the MLB record. He won his 18 of his first 20 decisions. That is remarkable. We literally have not seen a start to a Blue Jays career like the one we're seeing right now. I'm surprised you even read that. I I know you're in the camp of of wins don't matter from a starting pitcher. For me, it does. You you know, you you have certain guys that it doesn't matter. You know, back into the rotation, guys, he's just going to give you four or five innings. But when you got big boys, the the horses up front, who you expect every time they grab the baseball to go out there and shove – that's how you start to, you know, gain some wins and gain some confidence and, and know that every time he takes the mound, look, he's an intimidator. Uh, everything you ask him to do uh, on and off the field, it's second to none. You just watch him tonight. You know, the the one thing that stood out to me a little bit that I haven't seen is how he's changing speeds with the slider depending on the count. We saw anything from 80 where he's trying to get ahead in the count where, you know, he'll throw 181, 82 where he's trying to get a weak contact, a, a little take the sting out of a bat then you'll see the 83 one where he's really trying to get a swing and miss when he really needs it the most that's a big league pitcher jeff that's that's just that's not too far removed from uh you know college ball in in west virginia and to see a guy sort of be able to do that you know he's also got the tunneling of of the the four seamer and the two seamer arm side that's into a right-handed hitter uh, now all of a sudden the two seamer is a weapon to lefties. You know he he added that two starts ago. Well, that would have been one start, and today he's actually had the two seamer against lefties. He dominates left-handed hitters now with that. Now I will say, you know, he's still working on how to be efficient with two strikes with lefties, where he doesn't have to nibble as much and and try and you know get him to chase that and maybe get him out that way. He's still that's sort of a work in progress, but man. Just everything he does, the the whole part of being a big league pitcher. You know, you heard Pete Walker talk before the game today. Whenever he's going through a little something, he'll step off the mound. He'll actually think it through before it actually happens because he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. We saw him actually fielding his position, you know, on that hit batter where he had to run over the third baseline and grab the baseball and throw it to first base. Sounds simple, but he's a giant man who's athletic enough to run over there and throw a strike to first base. It's... This is some special stuff you're seeing, and you know it just it's if he can stay healthy and continue to grow and and you know just make changes that he has to make, man, I don't know what the limit is, but boy, I'm glad I'm here to see it four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line the blue jays eleven one winners over the Baltimore Orioles nineteen hits one. Home run. Now, it was a very, very, very long home run. 
mm. by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But Kevin Barker, this was a night where just about everybody was able to put the ball in play. Granted, it is the Baltimore Orioles. They don't have Anthony Santander here. Uh, not that that was going to help with the pitching. Keegan Aiken, one of their top relievers, he's not here as well as a, as a result of, uh, of COVID restrictions. But, Kevin, it's almost more impressive when you see this team wrap out 19 hits like that. You know, it, it, sometimes it's almost more impressive to see that than I know people like home runs. But sometimes it's more impressive to see this type of a just an offense that just kind of grinds you down and keeps going. Yeah, you wonder if Santander would have been here in that third inning. You know, it might have not been Trey Mancini coming up the first and second. It might have been Santander. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, this is not the Blue Jays' fault. You take advantage of guys who, who, you know, are going through whatever they want to go through and don't show up. And if you're the Blue Jays, you take advantage of that. Yeah, it's – look, you, you, what I saw tonight was chase counts. Chase counts are 1-1, 2-0. Those are the counts where you want to get big. You want to get frisky. You want to get sexy. And to be able to, as a man, pass the baton when it comes to – I'm not chasing that. Now, again, it's they're human beings, and they're occasionally going to have Fanny out and, and sort of wave at it with their barrel. But for the most part, you know, even though they don't know a bunch of these guys, which way it's breaking, how hard it looks, the life it has at the end of the pitch, all the things that you're trying to do as a big league hitter to back everything up, slow everything down, pass the baton, and now all of a sudden, Jeff, you got one through seven, and you're adding Tapia and Vigio to the mix who, again, this this is sort of what you're seeing, passing the baton when it comes to the bottom of the order to getting it back to the top of the order to the big boys. What if Vladdy starts going? What if Vladdy starts getting a little bit like Vladdy looked last year? I Good luck, American League East. Well, absolutely. And speaking of the American League East, I know that any time the Jays bring a pitcher in here, uh, you always wonder how that stuff is going to play in the American League East. Now, Alec Manoa has is, without question, one of the beasts of the East since coming in here, Kevin. Uh, I, I'm just – I'll ask you. I, I'll, I'll ask you right now. You know, I, I, you know, I don't like to turn this necessarily into big picture thing. We spend all our time talking about Bone Vladdy, Bone Vladdy. When do you offer them a contract? When do you do this? Yada yada. Kevin Alec Manoa, he's got to be putting himself in the discussion there as somebody that you sit down with at some point and and get locked up. Sure. I, mean, I know he's under. I know he, he's not even in our. He's, you know, or not even talking about arbitration yet. But man, do you want to send a message or if you want to lock up a starting pitch, you could do worse than this guy. Yeah, probably so. But again, you gotta, you know, when you're when you're a business person and and you're trying to make sure you do the right thing for your business, uh, seeing a guy doing it this for this amount of time, can he do it an entire season? He's a big giant human. Uh, he's never had to do it this long, and you're gonna ask him to do it all the way up into October and do it deep into October. This is now, you know, at the end of the season, if he can maintain this and look this way mostly throughout the season. Yeah, this is something in the offseason. You'd really have to take big picture, look at sewing a guy up. But, again, this gets back to how's that going to make Bo feel? What will that do to Vladdy? They're kids, but they're, you know, trying to get paid just like everybody else, and I'm sure this is a pecking order. Who's going first? That's the big thing here. You know as well as anybody, Jeff. It's Do you think the other guy's better than the guy that gets paid before you? And, and if I'm Vladdy – you don't think Vladdy wants to get paid first? If you're Bo, yeah, but, you don't but, think Bo but, but, wants to get paid first? These are sort of – got to be Kevin. careful when you're trying to figure out who you want to pay first. Yeah, here's the thing, though, Kevin. This guy's a pitcher. And I think it's easier to lock a pitcher up long term than it is 
I mean, the, if you were to lock Manoa up, if you were to, to come to an agreement with him, I think it necessarily has any impact on Vladdy and Bo because they're position players. I think it's easier to lock up Manoa. I think you might find that Manoa would probably uh, be in more of a hurry, maybe not more of a hurry to sign, but I think you'd probably see Manoa would be easier to come to deal with, to, to get a deal with, than, uh, than Bichetta Guerrero, frankly. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I, well, I just do. You know, a lot those, of that, two guys, those two guys come from money. Let's face uh, it; those two guys come from money. They do. A lot of that too de- depends on what he thinks he's worth. Uh, Alec Manoa and his agent may think that if he plays this out and continues to do what he's doing, he'll get paid a lot more if he waits and and sort of puts a little pressure on him. Can do this back to back year. Say say he does this all year this year. Does it into October? Starts next year. Does it half the year? And then you really start thinking about signing contracts and having real serious conversations about big time money. This is again, this is a great problem to have. You you got three faces of the your franchise all on the same team and they're pups. They're babies when it comes to numbers as a big leaguer. When it comes to the age, that's man, if you're a Blue Jays fan, how can you be more excited than watching these three guys every day go out and, and compete? Obviously, Alec Manoa is doing it one, once every five days. But just watching everything that goes with him, now you see Bo sort of evolving right in front of your eyes. You see Vladdy starting to have a little bit more confidence at the plate. You're seeing him starting to figure same th- some things out, slowing some things down. Maybe it took some bad teams, Jeff. Maybe it's, it took him some facing some bad pitching to slow it down. You know, let the ball travel and, and be able to do what Vladdy can do the best. Sort of fun to watch. Got to be honest with you. Vladdy, by the way, if you're wondering, is the youngest Blue Jay to reach 200 RBIs. Of course he Sorry, is. Sorry, 250 RBIs. So That's a lot of go. stakes. That's a lot of stakes. Yeah, it's a lot of stakes. And and, and we are, again, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. It's June 13th, but, um, you know, between Vladdy, and and Alec Manoa, there. I mean, there are going to be some records set this year. There, there are going to be some records set this year. There are going to be some standards reached, and um, yeah, it's just uh, I, I cannot, I, I cannot say. I mean, I can't. I, I just can't speak enough about Alec Manoa based on how quickly he's gotten to where he he has gotten. Um, and uh, I mean, he, he's money right now. Chris and Stony Creek. Great show as always, guys. Okay. Um, quick point I want to make, but I want to make one quickly as well. First, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Soto, and you were saying that the first guy they'll come to call in is Manoa. I mean, if we would have said that three or four seasons ago when he came up, I mean, that just goes to credit to him with how great of a pitcher he is, man. And I mean... I mean, he is must-watch TV. When that guy is on, I mean, would you ra- who who would you rather watch than Alex no, Manoa pitch right now? He's a show, man. I mean, he he without question, Chris. He 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 is a show. He he commands center stage, and he, what I like about him is he's he's more than comfortable doing that too. You know, you look mm-hmm. at some of the other young pitchers we've seen. Uh, he's just he's. He's quite comfortable being Alec Manoa. He's got, you know, he's a big man and he's very comfortable in his body and and he just he he loves everything that comes with being Alec Manoa and God bless him. He's just so much fun to watch. And 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 he's also he's very very talented, man. So to see a guy out there performing like that is must-watch TV. But but the point that I wanted to make was I was watching I'm trying to make this quick cuz it's kind of like a three-step thing, but I was watching Biggio and, and I'm a Biggio fan, you know. I was watching him I think it was a couple games ago. It was a 2-1 count. 
and they moved everybody over to the right side of the field. And I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, Kevin can talk about this, but I mean, how can you not, as major league hitters, put the ball in play to a side of a field where there's nobody on that side of the field? I, I understand some pitches are very difficult to have that, but if a pitcher can handle away, and then I'll just make this point fast. Um, I called about seven, eight years ago, I called this great show and said this point, I think it was called the Jeff Blair Show. I don't know if you know that show very well. I try to forget that show. show. I mean, God, it's it's one of about 30 that I've done in the last 10 years, so I'll take your word for it. It was a fantastic show. Was it called the Blair Block or Writer's Blair, Writer's Block, or whatever it was called? Anyhow, go ahead. It was called the Jeff Blair Show. Then it went to the Writer's Block. But anyways, the Jeff Blair Show when I called, and I honestly thought that with the introduction of the shift that you would probably see home runs go down and averages go up. But as you've seen over the last couple of seasons with general managers paying more for home runs and less for average, I think players now are more, you know, they're more prone to wanting to hit home runs and get bigger, bigger checks than rather than hit for a higher average, but hit less home runs. I don't know if I articulated that properly or not, but yeah, I don't think it, it, it's. Uh, thanks for the call, Chris. I mean, Bark, we've talked about the shift. I thought it was interesting today. There was uh, because Charlie Montoya before the game talked about Cavin uh, Biggio and Cavin uh, Biggio, you know, one of one of many Blue Jays hitters to have a uh, <laughs> to have a good game tonight. But he talked about Cavin Biggio and said he thought that he could be a key guy for this team going forward. Cavin uh, Biggio, by the way tonight uh what did he do he was one for three uh tonight but um <laughs> there was one, one of the things charlie said is he likes Kevin biggio in the number nine spot because he's an obp guy and that means theoretically that he will be on base a number of times when george springer comes up and and so i thought tonight you know that that his 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 second at bat, um, they're in the shift, and, and now he ends up walking. He ends up walking and ends up scoring. But I thought at that point, Kevin, he's they're in the shift. If I'm, and I understand I understand that people when you say bunt, people roll their eyes and it's early. But in a situation like that, if I know that my only job is to get on base, why the hell wouldn't I drop down a bunt down the third baseline? Well, it worked out. I mean, I you know he drew a walk and 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 mm-hmm. and you know and he scored. But I was just thinking about that at the time. That that uh, again, you'd have to walk up and ask Kevin Bishia why why he doesn't want to try and bunt with with that many. Now that is early, and I'm going to say that's early in the game. That's early in the game. So it, you know, I I would imagine that. But if you do that on your own, you better have a damn good reason. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Biggio's job is to get on base for the top of the order. That that that's his job. Uh, for for me, a, a lot of that is why can't you hit the ball where the shift is not? Is velocities kill direction with a lot of people. A, a lot of guys at the big league level can't inside out a baseball at that's coming to them at 96, 97 miles an hour, like like Kevin Biggio was seeing tonight. It's, it's not the easiest thing to let the ball travel inside out that like Bo Bichette does because Bo Bichette has elite bat-to-ball skills and elite bat speed that he's able to, now that he has that balance with his lower half and is getting to his finish the way he is, 
all the tools that he has, which is exactly what Cabin Biggio does not have. So, you know, to go up and ask Cabin Biggio to be able to inside out a baseball and hit it to the left side of the infield, I, it gets back to a little bit to your point. It'd be a little easier for him to try and bunt over there, but I just don't know if that's his game. And for me, anyway, I don't want Cabin Biggio to get into walk first mode which is a little bit of what you're seeing with him. He takes a lot of good pitches to hit early in counts that he should be taking some big, you know, pretty hacks at, and he doesn't because, you know, a lot of the times he looks to me like he wants to walk first instead of hit first. And, you know, I, I just don't know how long that will sustained that way but right now it's a it's a good look for him because of the teams he's facing because of the quality of pitching it's not very good you know it, it this will be the interesting thing when he starts to see some better teams that can pitch to his weakness how's it going to look but right now don't rock the boat you know don't don't change if it ain't broken the blue jays are, the blue jays are 36 and 24 after tonight's 11-1 win over the orioles the first of four games against the Orioles, 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. 19 hits for the Blue Jays tonight. That is a season high. Seven hits and seven runs in the fifth inning alone. That is their highest scoring frame of the season and their highest scoring frame since September 12, 2021. Three guesses as to which team they were playing that day. Orioles. Ten runs in the third inning of that game against the Baltimore Orioles. So lots of good pitching to talk about. Lots of good hitting to talk about. This is Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Garcia returns. Pitch to Vladdy. Swing and a long one. Deep left field. Get out the tape measure. That baby is long gone. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his eighth home run in 14 games. It's a three-hit night, his 15th of the year, 11-1 Toronto. Yeah, that was the only home run hit by the Blue Jays tonight out of 19 hits. 11-1 the final, the Blue Jays beating the Baltimore Orioles, and now... It's time for the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. A quiet night in the American League East. The Blue Jays and Orioles, the only teams playing. The Yankees still setting the pace in the division 44 and 16. The Blue Jays are 36 and 24. Tampa Bay is 35 and 25. Boston is 32 and 29. The Orioles are 26 and 36. And don't look now, Kevin Barker, but the Rays and the Yankees have a three-game series starting tomorrow night, after which the Yankees, of course, will pay a visit to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. So if you're the Yankees, or if you're the Blue Jays, you want to get as many, you want to get through these next three games healthy. You want to get things set up for the Yankees series. Uh, good news on the health front, we think. Matt Chapman took batting practice today uh, and uh, reported that he felt fine. He is expected to be available tomorrow. I would presume if he's available, he will start tomorrow. Uh, Matt Chapman telling us that he hurt the wrist doing a top-hand drill uh, in the cage. So he didn't hurt it during the game. It is his right wrist. It is his throwing wrist. 
but uh, he he anyhow thinks that he will be available on Tuesday. So that's certainly good news. Less good news, I would suppose, is what we saw from Julian Merriweather today, forced to leave a game, uh, the game after a uh, pitch to Ryan Stowers with what appeared to be a side injury. The Jays are calling it a, a side injury. You know, worst-case scenario, and, it, and it's always a good idea to presume with Julian Mary whether it is the worst-case scenario, um, is, is that it might be an oblique injury. So we'll wait and see more on that. But, uh, Kevin, a couple of folks reached out in the text line, and, um, and, and they're not making clear they're not second-guessing Charlie here. There's no you, you want 11-1. But they were a little interested in what the thought process must have been like on the bench when the Jays had that 30-minute inning and they're, you know, they're scoring a ton of runs. Of course, you send Manoa back out. Then you got that whole thing with the, the video review, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, at one point Manoa was on the mound basically bouncing the ball on the ground, uh, bouncing it up and down. Tell us about you know, because there is that thing in baseball, right? One of one of the things you hear is it's great. Every pitcher wants a seven run inning. There, there ain't there ain't a pitcher around that isn't going to want a seven run inning. But a lot of times in the middle of the game, that long rest, you know, it's kind of a baseball thing that the pitcher, you know, the pitch. It's almost like a rain delay. The pitcher comes out again and is is he staying warm? Is he staying sharp? I mean, one thing we know about Alec Manoa, he's going to be he's he's talking with his boys all the time while that inning's going on. Uh, what, what's your thought on that? When, when do you worry about something like that? Not worried about him going out here, but, but when do you think you worry about that if you're a manager? I, I, I really don't think you ever think it. I, I think you trust your pitching coach. I think you ask your player. I'm sure Pete Walker walked over to Alec Manoa and said, how you feeling? How, how's it going? Do you still feel loose? I know he's carrying around the yellow heavy ball. You could see that in the dugout. He was trying to stay loose. He was running with the jacket on. Uh, down in the tunnel, you could see he was doing the arm motion, swinging his arms around in a circle. That's why you didn't come out for the seventh inning. They, they had had that planned already. You're going to go out and, you know, get your quality start like we're all used to seeing you get. And then you get – because we have the big lead, we know who – you know, your next start is against the big bad Yankees, and we want you raring and ready to go for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've done, you've done your job today. So it's it, it's a collection of a, of a bunch of conversations going on. I know Pete Walker the way I do. He is better than most of the communication thing. I'm sure he had this figured out before Alec Manoa walked out on the mound, and they had already planned yep. this. And, and you could see the big hug. And, and even Alec Manoa, I think, when he's walking down the steps, he basically gave the I'm done sign, like I've yes. had enough. I'm, I'm yeah, he did. You know, I'm ready to come out out of the game so it's this is why you know separates the good managers from the borderline great ones is you trust your players who are doing the best job for you and that's sort of always anyway that that i think managers should always do is leave it up to the player you know you use your eyes sometimes and and you sometimes have to be the big boy in the room but when it comes to certain players like Alec Manoa, who's doing his thing you sort of let the scoreboard tell you on what you're going to do with certain players and all around, they did a great job of handling him, and when they took him out, and that's exactly what you do with your horse. You take him out at the right time, and you get him ready for his next start. All right, so let's kind of do a little quick reset here on Alec Manoa. Six scoreless innings, giving up one hit, one walk, seven strikeouts. It was his fourth scoreless outing of the year. As we mentioned, he became the seventh player since 1901 
to win at least 17 of his first 20 career decisions as a starter. The first since Vita Blue went 17 and 3. I'm sorry, that's 18 and 2 from 1969 to 1971. Lowered his season ERA to 1.67, which is the third lowest among MLB starters. Second lowest of the first 12 games of a season by a Blue Jays starter in franchise history. Dave Steeb had an ERA of 1.66 in 1983. It was his 11th quality start of the season. Quality starts were a stat that we kind of used to roll our eyes at. But you know what? Now that nobody pitches seven or eight innings anymore, quality start is uh, quality start almost becomes a more meaningful stat. His 11th quality start of the season, that ties Joe Musgrove for the mo- most in the majors. And over the last seven games in general, Toronto starters, Kevin Barker, Barker a 1.19 ERA. They've given up then no more than one earned run on six occasions. And, and, and Ben Wagner, in, in the course of the game, walked us through how good Alec Manoa has been in the American League East. You know, it's June, what, it's June June 13th. We're looking ahead to the All-Star game. This dude's a shoe-in for me. No the, question. The only, the only question with Alec, Manoa is, with Alec Manoa, is he your AL starter? It's the only question for me. No, is he no, your no AL question. Starter? He's an all-star. Well, you just mentioned all the, the stats with the starting rotation. They are the reason why the Blue Jays are 12 games above 500. let Let's be honest. Like they, they are the reason why the Blue Jays are where they're at. But, you know, Alec Manoa, you're, you were digging in some stats, and while you were digging into those, I was starting to look at what he did tonight. And, and if I was hitting against him, how you would try to attack that. I like to do that sometimes. I like to act like mm-hmm. I'm standing on the on-deck circle and trying to figure out, you know, how my buddy's being pitched. And I was left-handed hitter so you figure he threw strike one with four different pitches so even before I walked to the plate I'm thinking to myself he's very unpredictable you know he feels confident in the four seamer he feels confident in the slider he'll throw the slider to lefties because he can do that with different speeds and he can put a little pressure on that thumb and make that sucker look like a 12-6 he can backdoor it to a lefty so he has confidence in changing speeds with that and and making his thumb make the ball move a little different way so he can throw it to a left-handed hitter he he threw sinkers to lefties. He threw a changeup to lefties. So right there, right out the gate, if I'm watching my buddy in front of me who's left-handed, I'm thinking already, uh-oh, now i got to protect all of those, so that means I have to have good plate coverage. Now, you look at his strikeouts. He had one off of four. He had, he had a strikeout on a four-seamer. He had a strikeout on a slider. He had a strikeout on a sinker down. He had a strikeout on a sinker up. So I've told you this before. Whenever you go into games, you always ask your pitching coach, how hard he throw? What's he throw with two strikes? Well, Unpredictable. I just mentioned to you what he's going to throw with strike one. Now I'm thinking, okay, what's he going to throw with strike two? If I got two strikes on me, what am I looking for? And all of a sudden, you're starting to see your buddy get a four-seamer up, a slider, a sinker down, and a sinker, a good sinker. That's the front hip sinker. That nice little toy he's got now where he's trying to get the freeze or he's trying to get weak contact where guys got to cheat to think they got to get the head out. And that's why you saw the lefties tonight, Jeff, popping that thing up to right field is because they think when that sucker starts right at him, they got to cheat to get the head out. And when they cheat, they're hitting the ball off the end, and that's why they're popping it up. So... It's look all the adjustments he's made is, is second to none, and now he's, he's, he is as unpredictable as he is. Basically, what I'm trying to say is good luck. I think by my uh, by my accounting, and I I will bow to yours, but I believe he got nine. He had nine swings and misses tonight. Four of them were on the slider. Uh, the sinker was very good. Again, we talked about the sinker developing that pitch. And you're right, Kevin. If he can, and 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 let's say this. I mean, you look at the Baltimore lineup. The left-hand hitting, 
the left-handed hitter of consequence is right there at the top is Cedric Mullins. Yeah, Rugnit Odur is a left-handed hitter. Natalie Rushman is a switch hitter. But Cedric Mullins is the left-handed hitter of consequence in that team. And Cedric Mullins had no answer for him tonight. I mean, you know, he reached base on a, a catcher's interference. He had no answer for, for, for Alec Manoa tonight. As you said, he's starting to add that, that little bit of unpredictability. Dude, man, my, I, you know, I just, this guy stays healthy. I'm just, I'm a, Bento and Mississauga on the text line says, guys, Alec Manoa reminds me of the late Jose Fernandez, electric and fun to watch. Jose threw go. the ball a little harder. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, electric's the right word for him. And he is, he is fun to watch. And, you know, if you're going to have an ace or, or – or, it, it's great when your best pitcher is fun to watch too. I mean, that, that just makes the game even better. And uh, that is exactly the case with, uh, with Alec Manoa. He's on, he's on quite a roll. He's on quite a roll. He is. Well, again, he's, he's a smart guy, too. We mentioned that. He makes in-game adjustments really quick now for a guy that's not too far removed from, from college in West Virginia. You wouldn't think he'd be able to do that at the big league level, especially doing it in the American League East. But you look, you mentioned his two-seamer. He threw oo in an 0-0 county, threw it for a strike. In a 2-0 county, threw it for a strike. In a 2-1 county, threw it for a strike. In a 0-1 count and a 1-0 count. That will tell you right there, if you're hitting against him, when could you look for it? He'll throw it back door. He'll throw it into a righty. He'll throw the slider away to a righty. He'll throw that sinker, which is a true sinker, away to a lefty. And then he'll throw the two-seamer, which has more of that side-to-side run to it that he wants to get the freeze or that cheat to get out in front and get the lazy pop-up. When you got a dude that can throw that that pitch and that many counts and he feels that confident in throwing it that he can either get weak contact or he can get a funky weird swing where you just don't have any chance of putting it in play. Again, it's just sort of the total package, and you add confidence to it. And he's got a little attitude where he's trying to beat you on the on-deck circle. You saw the Rudinetto door like, check swing, and he was sort of walking towards him. And we all remembered what Odor did by punching Batiste in the mouth. Uh, you know, it's just sort of that little, like, it's this is my mound. This is my stadium. You ain't going to come here and do those kind of things. And I just sort of like the – when you're watching him, it's, it's no nonsense. He has fun. He's a boss. There's no nonsense. When he's on the mound. He is. When he's on the mound, he's the boss. He is. He, I'll he, be, he is the boss. It's almost like I'll be shocked if he ever has a bad start. <laughs> well, how would we, how would we talk about it? Like, what will we say? I, yeah, we've never. Well, seen we'd one. give him a mulligan. I, the dudes do a mulligan. I'll tell you that much. If anybody in this this team is doing mulligan, it's him. Hope uh, we'll we never just, see I, it. Yeah, I I I would be. Quite happy not having to give him that mulligan. A few minutes left, Kevin Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He's on a heater. Uh, we've seen this before with him. This is the story of his career. You can tell when he gets on one of these things. He is on a bona fide heater, isn't he? Hazel May reported in, during the game about Guillermo Martinez saying he had he got super hot in spring training and then he got cold. And I never really thought about that until she actually said it out loud where he streaky hitter. You you know, you sometimes the old saying is you don't want to waste your bullets in spring training. Well, he sort of did. And then you saw him get off to basically, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat for the first 110 at-bats he had. And now all of a sudden he's back in one of these streaks where, you know, basically if he's getting his foot down and he's got nice direction and those long, 
limbs that he has are a little bit closer to his body, and he's not chasing as much in those chase counts. I always talk about this. This is what big, true big league hitters do. They don't chase in those 1-1, 2-0 counts where that is swing counts. That can either you get you a punch out or that can get you a non-competitive bat. And right now he's not doing those. And when he's getting in better pitches and, and better counts where he knows that sort of he can zone up and not have to protect that outside part of the plate, Again, when he's hitting the way he's hitting, Jeff, it makes this lineup impossible to pitch to. But who are you pitching around? There's nobody yeah. to pitch around. And, you know, just when he's hot, it sort of just makes everything have a flow to it. And they just look a lot more fun when he's hitting, I think. Uh, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I said at the start of the year, I was asked, which Jays hitter are you, you know, do you think could really – take a step forward this year and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. did last year but I said I, I still think there's more there with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and I was saying that because I thought I was being uh, you know uh, insightful because I'd spoken to a couple of people at spring training with the team and told me the same thing I said what because I wasn't down there I said who, who who's got your eye and everybody's saying Gurriel has, has had just an amazing spring so mm-hmm. maybe I should have run with that we should have realized that at the time but yeah he is uh, all the signs are there. And now, I know Charlie said in his post-game commentary today, he talked about the length of the lineup. Uh, yeah, this is this is something else. You get Matt Chapman back, and we know that he's at least hitting the bar, ball hard, Kevin. You know, you add that you add that left-handed bat at some point in the trade deadline. Oh. Uh He's got, you know, we're 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 dreaming dreaming about that left-handed bat. It just it may not come to 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 you know where we want it to come because it is one of those lefties that have to hit somewhere around the big three in the middle of the order. And maybe Vladdy, if Vladdy gets that Vladdy that was last year, maybe yeah, they don't can, need a lefty. Maybe you can focus on pitching. Eleven to one, the final score tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays. Pounding the Baltimore Orioles. They are 36 and 24. Game two of this four game series goes tomorrow on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans. Good night from Toronto.